Hey, bad boys. Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. On today's special patriotic episode, we're going to be taking a look at the star-spangled man with a plan. It's 4th of July, and we're talking Captain America. Who are you supposed to be? Captain America. What made you so special? Nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I've knocked that Adolf Hitler over 200 times. Where did Captain America learn how to steal a car? Nazi Germany. I, I understood that reference. I can do this all day. Hey, Normies. Happy 4th. It's Colin, the summer soldier here. Hey, and this is Captain Joe. Happy 4th of July. Hey, guys. We're happy to have you on this holiday weekend. We are sans Mike here. We are rolling without him this time. It's just the two buddies hanging out. We're happy to bring you, Normies, a special Captain America-focused episode. That's right. We're going to be talking all about one of our favorite heroes, uh, first dealing with the comic introductions, the movies, obviously, everyone's a big fan of, and even some of the video games that we haven't hit yet in some of our other Marvel episodes. Yeah, ones featuring specifically our favorite hero, Steve Rogers. So we'll be talking about that in a minute, but first we just wanted to do a check-in. Joe, how's your pop culture weekend going? Oh, it's going pretty well. Uh, I've been checking out a lot of fun stuff from back in the day on Hulu and Netflix. Oh, really? Hit me. Oh, uh, Lost in Space, the 1990s oh. version. Oh, okay. Not the new Netflix version. No. I watched a couple episodes, but honestly, it was like a little serious, and I was really looking for something just like dumb and fun, and that's like, you know, Joey Tribbiani in space. Oh, I love it. I love that movie. Gary Oldman, fantastic. Great cast. Yeah. Um, but that's that's really about it. I've been really on... Uh, like a Star Wars kick too. Mm, interesting. Watch some stuff. Um, Netflix has got a bunch of great things this month. Uh, Thor Ragnarok's on there. Have you Very done your happy rewatch? To do that. Yet? I did a rewatch as that as well. Um, just one little thing I want to point out about that specifically. I love that you brought that up. And I know we're always talking Marvel, guys. Again, we swear we're going to get to DC. We'll hit you with a really heavy Batman episode or maybe a Superman one coming up. But. Uh, on this Netflix, Thor Ragnarok, did you see the title screens? I love them. They've been changing all week. Last week had a super cool Hela image that I'd never seen before, and now it's a super badass Thor. I'm loving it. Oh, that's nice. I hadn't noticed that. I always just kind of stop on it, and it's like, oh, I'm going to watch it at some point, but mm. I've been kind of holding off. Oh, you haven't done your rewatch yet? Not yet, no. Oh, well, I highly recommend it. Um, I don't know. It's super funny. It's probably one of my favorite ones. I'll tell you my pop culture week. I did a look back on a very popular film uh, a little sooner than you did, you know, not uh, not as far back as the crazy 90s uh, um, Lost in Space, but uh, uh, I did a look at uh, The Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games movie. Oh, wow. I haven't done that in forever. That was like one of the first movies I saw when I moved out here. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know um, why, but it was. Well, I'll tell you, I watched it on the TBS app on my Apple TV. I thought it was pretty good. It's kind of unwatchable, though. It's got a really frenetic, insane uh, cinematography style. I don't remember if people were really talking about this when it came out, but uh, basically the entire film is shot in close-up. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's no, very strange. That. Huh. Yeah, well, there's a ton of great stuff coming this month on Netflix, too. And without Mike here, we can actually talk about how we're excited that The Last Jedi will be hitting Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely excited about that as well. I know that might piss a few people off. In this week, kind of the hot thing to talk about, of course, is the remake The Last Jedi campaign that just hit the internet. Oh, I do not feel good about that, so right? Oh, my God. What I think is so funny is, like, you know, we talked about it in the Infinity War episode. There's that moment where... Uh, Bucky and Rocket 
together spinning around and he says oh i'll get that arm yeah you said indulgence hyperindulgence. Yeah, is, is do you want a whole star wars movie like that like oh and you're saying that you that's want? what these fans are reaching out for yeah. yeah i just think it's pathetic <laughs> honestly i mean you're you guys are just embarrassing yourselves you know i, I don't want, i don't want to be too negative but uh that's just a that's a fever dream right don't you feel i mean come on you're spitting in the face of a guy who made an official movie yeah well and it's like i mean even the snyder truthers have more class than that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They are actually looking for something that was taken away from someone, you could sort of argue. Zack Snyder, the original director of Justice League, uh, and when people say they want that cut, what they're talking about is sort of an untouched, unmessed with Warner Brothers studio meddling that comes with Joss Whedon's involvement and, uh, and just a lot of other messy, messy behind-the-scenes issues. Too many cooks, man. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so I would have to agree with you there. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how I feel on that take. I, I don't know if you want that that director's cut for that film, do you? I don't really care. No, I mean, yeah, either it's one way. Of those Justice League like, was just one of those things. Yeah, just, just let it go, man. Like, look forward, not backward. Yeah, unfortunately. But we're getting a little away from it. Let's bring it back <laughs> to Captain America here. Uh, why not dive right in, start where it all began with the comics. Ew, pow, pow, bang! It's comics! That's right, we're going to be talking all about the Captain America comic books. Uh, Captain America was one of the first really huge uh, superhero characters in the comics. He was first introduced in 1940, in December, with Captain America Comics issue number one. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that I said we're talking Marvel comics today, Jill, but that's not really true, is it? We're talking timely comics. Yeah, even before the Marvel name. I mean, we're talking about characters before Stan Lee was around. Exactly. Now, so the interesting thing about timely comics, Joe Simon, that's the writer who came up with it, partnered with Jack Kirby, who, of course, is the prolific artist for both DC and Marvel. Yeah, one of the greatest comic book minds of all time. I mean... If you name a hero, odds are Jack Kirby had something to do with it. So they're working for the publisher Timely Comics, which employed people like Stan Lee. So this was not necessarily Marvel, but when they went bankrupt, Stan Lee, one of the uh, editors, saw an opportunity and took a lot of the staff and created Marvel. So that's how we end up having Captain America in our universe. Yeah, I mean, otherwise he wouldn't have been a part of the Marvel continuity, which was Yeah, think like, about that. So he's kind of sort of like a Shazam-esque, how they sort of were brought into the DC world. Yeah, that's right, on the, the flip side of the, the mega comic. Exactly, through Fawcett Comics, which was adapted as well. So you see a lot of that back in the day. And when Joe Simon first created Captain America, uh, Captain America was not his first choice for the name. Oh, really? No, he actually wanted it to be the Super American. Oh, boy. But there were just, there were too <laughs> many supers in comics. Yeah, I mean, it was everybody was that. super this, super that. Sure. So he settled on Captain America because there weren't as many captains around. Sure. And of course, the military title, so it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, is there any image... And not even in comic books, just in pop culture in general, magazines in general. I'm winding up. More iconic than the 
Captain America throwing the right hook at Hitler image that was right on the first issue. I knew exactly what you were going to say. Nope, it's perfect. Um, of course, we see that recreated in the pretend play scene in the Captain America, the first Avenger movie. Oh, yeah. And a million times over in a million different comics, yes. and movies and pictures. I mean, yep. everybody has taken their their crack at that iconic image. And I love it. It's uh, it's super hilarious. And of course, that was invented at the time. Stan Lee uh, would later talk about Joe Simon saying that he he created it by thinking of what would inspire the troops the most. I mean, this was something that he wanted to see the boys on the other side of the lines reading to almost mock Hitler. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things like, I mean, even look at Steve Rogers as a character, right? Yeah. I mean, what does he look like? He's... This this frail little boy, right? Mm-hmm. He's oh, you're talking pre. Yeah. He gets the super, super juice, basically, the super soldier serum That's from right. Project Rebirth. That's right. And he comes out looking, you know, like Hitler's vision of the, the Aryan master race, the right? The perfect Aryan soldier. Blonde, blue-eyed. So it's literally just a play on, like, taking that, like, his master race and turning it into a big fuck you. Yeah, that is a really important thing. And we get that great speech in the uh, first film as well of the Marvel current films uh, when uh, Professor Erskine says, people forget the first people Hitler invaded were the Germans, you know. Uh, So there's kind of a lot of sympathy with that character. I really like that as well and obviously reflected in Steve Rogers' look as well. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, Steve Rogers was an iconic image for for everybody in the time of the war, which is weird because you don't really necessarily see anything like that in today's you know market like there's not captain america overseas as much as it is like these fictional fights where at the time like it was you know he's fighting hitler oh yeah absolutely so during uh captain america's world war ii days he had his his faithful sidekick bucky right james buchanan barnes and bucky was one of those characters that uh Actually, he set the precedent for Marvel that they weren't going to have teenage sidekicks. Oh, really goofy, goofy little sidekicks, like a Robin-esque. Yeah, because everybody had one. And then you had Bucky, who dies in the war. But I would say a little more badass. He's shooting Tommy guns at Nazis. He's jumping on motorcycles. You know, he's uh, he's jumping on airplanes, doing death-defying stunts. A character I absolutely love. And, you know, as obviously impacted the scope of the Marvel Universe as a whole. You know, first he was Bucky, the sidekick, then he was the Winter Soldier, the villain. Yeah, and then he really was cool. Captain America, and then he was Winter Soldier, the hero. I mean, that, that journey has been going on for decades. Yeah, and you mentioned Ed Brubaker's incredible comic book, The Winter Soldier in the Past, where we do see that evolution of that character. Um, I remember my first uh, introduction to that character was actually when you and I played through Marvel Ultimate Alliance the first time and you face him as a villain. That's right, one said, of the side missions. Exactly, and they say, oh, you know, that's the Winter Soldier. He used to be Bucky. He's got, like, character-esque conversations with Captain America. And I thought, oh, I didn't really know that story, and that got me interested in that comic book. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great example of, like, you know, you, you see that storyline try to be recreated a bunch, like Batman and Jason Todd. Yes, yeah. Like all of that with the red scorned villain or a sidekick, absolutely yeah. turning into the villain, absolutely becoming an anti-hero. And then eventually joining back mm. up. I mean, that that's, you know, a really good arc that you see a lot in comics. Yeah. But would you say, do you like Bucky a little more as the Winter Soldier, maybe than the Red Hood? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think just... 
you know, it's c- comparing kind of apples and oranges. Yeah, because we've got the films. Is that what you're saying? Because yeah. you've got a little more exposure to the Winter Soldier, maybe. Well, and also, like, Bucky is the best Bucky, yeah. right? Is, sure. is Jason Todd the best Robin? No. Ooh, very true. There is no, like girl character who was also there or secondary sidekick male character who was there you're absolutely right it's just bucky yeah. uh you could argue that maybe falcon's in their role but you know he's his own man always well and that's even way down the line let's all right so so looking at the timeline yeah. of captain america comics, in the comic right? books yeah. so he's introduced in the 40s he's fighting world war ii with his faithful sidekick teenage sidekick bucky because for some reason they let a little boy go overseas <laughs> and fight the nazis <laughs> Um, do you know why they let that happen, actually? Oh, no, please tell me. Because the publishers thought that seeing a teenage boy going overseas and fighting in the war would inspire younger, like straight out of high school kids to sign up. To enlist, don't say, yeah. oh, I thought that's where you were going. That really breaks my heart. And that's, See, that's, that's, why that's the kind of propaganda there. I don't want these comics to be used <laughs> for. That's pretty you grisly. Think that. I mean, it was a yeah. different time. Like, mm-hmm. that was. There was no recruitment ads on the TV. They weren't going to high schools and giving out live strong bands for doing push-ups. Well, different time, and I'll tease this because we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but uh, you and I both watched the Captain America 1990 Marvel movie. Uh, how did you feel about, speaking of different times, Captain America lighting up a cigarette when he gets in the car in that? <laughs> I was very blown away by that. I thought, ooh, I don't know if Steve Rogers smokes. Well, in in the comics, he didn't smoke either. Yeah, so that okay, was a little weird. I that. cannot wait to talk about yeah, that movie. Yeah, movie thank section, you for pointing though. it out to us as well. Um, so in World War II, you have Bucky and Cap. Uh, you see your first introduction of the Howling Commandos and Nick Fury. Characters like that who would be around. Dum Dum Dugan. Yeah, Dum Dum Dugan, uh, Pinky. Like these guys would be around forever. And then he teamed up with the Invaders. Which oh, love that Submariner, really uh, the original Human Torch, who was a cyborg robot, not the character in the Fantastic Four. I know that's a little confusing. John Hammond, I think that is, is correct. Yeah, I love that version of the character yeah. too. Because that was kind of like Vision before Vision. Exactly. I know you're a big fan of that character. Uh, yeah, he's got like no humanity. He's got this odd super fire powered ability. He's got a sidekick named Torcho. Yeah, or Toro as they <laughs> Toro. That's him. right. Yeah. Um. It was interesting to see in Captain America, the first Avenger, they actually have an Easter egg where when they're at the World's Fair, there is a a quick pan over of the first android, the human torch. Before we see Dominic Cooper as uh, Tony Stark's father, Howard Stark. Yeah. Um, So in the World War Two times, he fought the Nazis, introducing Red Skull. And we see a bunch of other like iconic villains. Um, but then he he has the big arc, the big change. He goes down with the bomb and he gets frozen in time. So this is kind of the big moment, guys, because he comes back in the Avengers number four, March 1964. This is still Jack Kirby, but now we have Stan Lee writing these comic books. Guys, this is when he joins Marvel Comics. And this was an unprecedented event. Oh, I it's mean, huge. Like, I mean, what a crossover for the time. And one of the... <laughs> to this day, most sought out books of all time. Oh, sure. I mean, if absolutely. Anyone can get their hands on that. And so think about that. The original team of the Avengers, we have Thor, the Incredible Hulk, Ant-Man, the Wasp, all teaming up with Iron Man to fight off Loki in the first issue. Not till number four do they dig out of the ice the frozen body of Captain America to bring him to the team, to bring him to the modern times, which at that time was the 70s. Or I'm sorry, the, the 60s. 60s. Yeah. I mean, he had only been gone for, like, I think 
like six or seven years ish. Um, the original books, like they did well for about five or six years. Mm. And then, you know, sales just started to go down. Like actually towards the end of the original Captain America run, it became like Captain America's strange tales. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. And they were like kind of these like weird horror stories, sci-fi stories, because that was like what was popular at the time. And they just didn't know what to do with the book. That's interesting. You know, Strange Tales also became the predominant book for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury Tales as well. So I kind of wonder if that Howling Commandos background, if they just really just weren't able to sell military books anymore. And it leaned more towards odd sci-fi, odd horror. I mean, we saw that with Doctor Strange, too. Yeah. And like, you know, Spider-Man's first appearance is in amazing fantasy. It's mm, not uh, yeah, Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. What I think is interesting is that as much as we love Steve Rogers, he is not the only Captain America we've seen. Yeah, he's become a bit of a legacy character lately, the actual mantle and title of Captain America. Obviously, again, Steve Rogers is the guy who's in all of our hearts. He's the person who is featured predominantly in all of the films. Yeah, but I do think everyone who has taken up the mantle uh, says something about the state of America at the time. Like once Steve Rogers went in the ice, we saw people, I think there were like two or three of them right in a row. There was the Spirit of 76. Sure. Who who took over the role. His name was like William Naslin or something like that. Sure. We also saw Jeff Mace, who took up the role of the Patriot. That's a character that you actually see in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, by the time of around, I believe, season four, he's a character who kind of starts out as an antagonist before actually joining up with the, uh, the heroes of that show. And those two guys were just like inspired by the legacy of Captain America and wanted to take up the... Uh the mantle yeah and maybe kind of a cash grab to just keep that character going and exactly. then sort of build up a pantheon of rivals down the road who could sort of challenge him for the mantle we obviously see him battling for the cowl at a certain point oh yeah and one of the most interesting ones for that was um william burnside mm. who was just like this scientist who basically like discovered the um serum like on his own but didn't do it right and it made him go kind of crazy. Oh, sure. And this was during the Cold War. So the big thing was, you know, like communism and who's the commies. Oh, God, yeah, sure. Um, Opposed to the Red Skull, who obviously had the perverted formula as well, being a super Nazi. Now you have a crazy communist. Great. <laughs> and he even went as far as to have his own Bucky. Oh, really? Yeah, you had uh, Jack Monroe, I think was his name. Oh, cool. And he took up the mantle of Bucky, and he would later take up the mantle of Nomad. So he was kind of like always oh, obsessed. Oh, sure. That's interesting. But mm. these were two literal fanboys. Um, mm. You know, William Burnside even had like plastic surgery to make himself look like Steve Rogers. And when he meets Jack Monroe for the first time, he's like, that guy kind of looks like Bucky. Oh, interesting. Hey, you like Bucky, man? You should be my Bucky, because I look like Captain America. Oh, that's kind of like a DC's hush then. I don't really like, like that. that. Huh, interesting. Um, but eventually, they both start to lose their minds, because oh, sure. <laughs> the, the serum they shot themselves up with was, you know, bad. Right, it was wrong. Um, and they start thinking everyone's a commie. Oh, interesting. So they also kind of have like a nuke from the comic books angle, just a super patriotism. Yeah. And I think, you know, that plays into like the, the Cold War era. Right. Like paranoia. Everyone, all of a sudden, everyone's a commie. Everyone's a bad guy. What does it mean to be Captain America in more of a modern time? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And eventually we saw that Captain and Bucky being fought by Captain America and Falcon, who had kind of taken up the role as his new sidekick 
you know, in modern times. Yeah. And you mentioned Nomad as well. That is, of course, a character that Steve Rogers becomes in the 70s when he gives up the title of Captain America. We touched on him a little bit in our Infinity War episode, which you should definitely go back and listen to, Normies. Yeah, and that's, you know, the role he took when he was disillusioned by the government and just felt like yeah. he couldn't represent the country anymore because the country wasn't what he thought it should be. Yeah, and obviously the movies did a much better adaptation of that character because the Nomad comic book character's look is kind of silly with a cape and an exposed oh, domino mask almost. one of the yeah, worst uh, costumes uh, yeah not my favorite yeah in the movies just just ripping off the star and ripping off the patches and stuff i think that was way better at uh you know showing that like look i'm i'm changing that identity i'm not captain america anymore yeah and you know hit me right now joe do you like captain america you're wearing a captain america shirt right now i oh. mean you love him, right? I love Captain America. You love America. Captain America. You love Steve Rogers particularly. Steve Rogers is great because at his core, he is just a kid from Brooklyn trying to do the right thing. Yes. You like the shield? You like the costume? I love the shield. It's such an iconic weapon and it has such deep ties to the universe. I mean, it's yes. made of vibranium. Yes. Which is only available in Wakanda, which is where the Black Panther lives. I mean, it's really one of those characters that kind of ties it all in together. Yeah. Not to talk too much about the DC side, but... On the DC side, I really don't care for as many of the Justice League characters. Mm. Um, my favorite is Batman, and he has the whole Bat family. So it's kind of easy to get just sucked into like one corner of the universe. Yeah, and maybe even really enjoying, you're saying, the street-level brawler punch him up guys? I mean, that's kind of what Cap and Bats have in common, right? Yeah, and you know, the thing that bridges the gap for me is Captain America really holds a centerpiece in the universe. Like, mm. Shields made in Wakanda... Ties it to Black Panther. He leads the Avengers at some points. It makes me more interested in the universe as a whole. I feel like it's as if I was a Superman fan, sure. which I'm not really. Well, wouldn't you say that is the primary comparison that we would have to make and talk about today? I mean, whenever anybody talks about Captain America, they're kind of also talking about Superman too. There is a way to say that they are hokey or tied into the old-fashioned american dream and and what do you do with them yeah they protect truth justice and the american way yeah i mean that's what they stand for and that's what they represent and uh you know you look at them and 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 you look at the success that they have these days you know a lot of people would say that they're both kind of corny and yet i would argue that uh Captain America is so much more popular and has become so much more normy and is the first topic we would talk about over Superman, a.k.a. the first superhero ever, because uh, he's been adapted so well, you know, in the in the movie world. Uh, there's been so many video games and so many comic books that we're talking about these days, or uh, literally right now. Um, and, uh, and when you put him next to Superman, I think that he's failing because... The core films that we've seen him in, like Man of Steel or BVS, this current one, Henry Cavill's, he's standing against what he represents. You know, he himself, Superman, tries to stand for what he stands for, but the world is against him. Meanwhile, Captain America, this Steve Rogers, played by Chris Evans in the films, uh, never turns his back on the world. He stands for it. He never questions it. Even as a man out of time, he he plays into it perfectly, wants to protect it, isn't scared off by any aspect of it, and, and eventually wins its love and trust. Captain America as a character means so much to me because I think he really represents something beyond 
uh, patriotism mm. um, or, or nationalism. Like he is... Jingoism, yeah. Just tied so directly with your state. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he is a, a set of ideals. Like one of the things that I think they've really nailed in the recent runs of the comics mm. and in the movies is that Captain America is not just this, this soldier who's going to follow orders blindly. I mean, he'll fight the government if the government is the bad guy. Sure. And there's nothing more American than that in my mind. Yeah, he's principles over uh over uh you know, slave to terrible ideas or a terrible system. Yeah, one of my favorite panels in in recent memory uh came from the Marvel Now run and he was fighting Nuke. Oh, sure. And Nuke's like, "These immigrants are making us look bad. They took our jobs." And he's like, "Look, man, like I'm I'm the son of immigrants, you know? Like I'm fucking from a poor Irish family, you know." patriotism taken too far is nationalism. And it's like that line is just like, oh, see, this is what kids need to be reading now. Like that's what Captain yes. America should stand for. I love that run. That's Rick Remender's run from uh, about five years ago. Uh, and that is an incredible run. It does play up the him being an immigrant angle, uh, which is very interesting. And again, you make the comparison to that for Superman as well. People say he's an immigrant from Krypton. Totally valid. Love that. Here's something I never see people play up though. That Steve Rogers is handicapped. I mean, he has polio. Yeah. So if you think about it, he is a handicapped person living out the rest of his life in peak incredible physical condition, thank God. <laughs> With a healing <laughs> yeah. factor. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's just such a complex, interesting character. Um, I know one speech you love in particular is from the Civil War run. Uh, that oh, he yeah. gives to Spider-Man uh, in an incredible scene where he's going up against Iron Man and Spider-Man is so lost, so disillusioned, goes to Captain America's side. Yeah, because, I mean, I, Peter, Spider-Man realizes, like, if you're fighting against Captain America, you're probably on the wrong side. Ugh, yeah. Which is, like, a hard lesson to learn. And, <laughs> you know, he basically tells him, like, look, man, it doesn't matter that the government says that this is what's right. If someone says that something is right is wrong... You tell him to fuck off. You know, I'm paraphrasing there, obviously. Yeah, we see it in the movies when Sharon Carter gives the speech at Peggy's funeral, unfortunately, in Civil War. A terribly sad scene, but uh, I was so happy to see that speech adapted. If someone tells you to move, you stand your ground. Plant yourself like a tree in the river of justice. Oh, I love it. You say no, you You move. move. And Spider-Man takes it to heart. You know, that is the power that Captain America has. At the end of the day, what is Captain America's superpower? It's leadership. You know, he is the leader of the Avengers. Absolutely. He's the person they all turn to. What does Tony say in uh, Age of Ultron? Oh, no, no, no. He's the guy in charge. I just pay for everything. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's one of those things where, you know, he's always being asked, whether it be by Baron Zemo or Iron Cross or, you know, Red Skull, like, what's so special about you? What makes you so great? His answer is always nothing. Yeah, Yeah. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Uh, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. So it was him for a little bit. It's no longer Steve Rogers, or at least wasn't for a little bit. We saw the Falcon taking over at the end of the Marvel Now run uh, and into the lead up of all new and all different. The comics, as they were going for a little bit, uh, we saw a de-aged and depowered Captain America there. He'd been uh, thrown back to being like 89 years old after losing his abilities from the Iron Nail. Yeah, Which he was gets a very the, interesting um, comic run. The the super soldier serum sucked, sucked out. Of his out. Blood, yeah. Blah. Which just, you know, turns him into an old man. And, yep. You know, again, like I think Sam taking over the the mantle and Falcon becoming Captain America. It's powerful, right? In 2015, like that 
That says something. Yeah, it means the, a lot. At the, the, height the height of Obama. Of, yeah. yeah. Obama and the Black Lives Matter movement. Ugh. I mean, it really, like, that's Marvel and the character of Captain America taking a stance. And he fights uh, the Serpent Society yeah. in his first run. And they're, like, fucking up immigrants at the border. Oh. And he, like, comes in. I mean, again, like, I think the it's hard to talk about Captain America without getting political because he's Captain America. Yeah, and obviously the biggest rile up we saw politically was last year. Uh, Captain America got his powers back. We were very happy to see him return in a comic run called Secret Empire. However, it burned a lot of people who did not read comic books when they learned that in that run, he was actually secretly a Hydra agent, a.k.a. a Nazi. <laughs> and that was, uh, you know, the rise, I think probably the first marvel comic specific memes oh we really? had the the hail hydra oh meme. yes of course the shot of him in a quinjet turning saying hail hydra oh yeah. i love that i did see that draw redrawings of that all over the place and that run i mean that was nick spencer right yeah mm -hmm. and he's someone like you know i've got complicated feelings about him oh yeah yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's done some weird bad guy stuff in the industry look that up folks <laughs> yeah you know i i'm not a fan um that storyline in general, though, I think that says something as well. You know, like Captain yeah. America turning into... Yeah, it was at the, Nazi, again, right? politically the height of times. Yeah. But also, wouldn't you say that kind of storyline probably popped up from the popularity of Hydra because of the films, because of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time? Uh, everybody was saying Hail Hydra even before that meme had started. Yeah, that's true. Also, it's not the first time that they've done a storyline just like that. Mm. I mean, you've seen... He got brainwashed by Red Skull in World War II times for a little bit, and Bucky had to snap him out of it, kind of like short round with Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Oh, sure. Well, the culmination of the arc, of course, is a beautiful drawing uh, that draws a direct parallel to Civil War, where we see the death of Steve on the bench with Tony Helminoff. What have I done? What am I going to do? We see Tony uh, killed almost in a coma at the end of Secret Empire. Steve coming back to his senses saying, what have I done? What am I going to do? Uh, and it's an absolutely beautiful redrawing of it. I mean, uh, I was very happy to see that. It was one of the events that I think really harkened back to a lot. Like there's a moment where Sam as Cap, so Falcon Cap, yeah. is walking the face down um, Steve Rogers or Captain Hydra as he's being referred oh to at God, that point. Yeah. And they're they're moving closer and closer. And Sam's giving a speech about like, honoring steve's legacy by doing the same thing he would facing the incredible odds and it flashes back to show steve walking right up to thanos in the infinity gauntlet comic just being like no man when someone says uh you know no you move basically is what damn I'm getting at there. yeah he's always been a badass yeah i mean it's always been it didn't matter what the odds are captain america's gonna go for it and, you know, we had, we had Falcon Cap, and um, before that there was Bucky Cap, which we saw a reformed spy from Russia becoming Captain America, which is, you know, I think saying a lot. It was right after 9-11, essentially, and the Freedom of Information Act was a big thing. I mean, it was making up for the rights of, or the making up for the wrongs of your past by taking up the mantle of Captain America. Huge shift for Bucky as a character, and... Really kind of the first time that modern audiences saw that passing of the, the shield. And that's kind of where we're leaving him off, though, is Captain America is back post-Secret Empire. Uh, his brain has been unwashed. Yeah, and uh, the first thing he does is get on a motorcycle 
and go out to see the country. Yeah, he's going off for some old school new badass adventures. I'd be very curious to read that new run. I've read the new run. Oh, really? Um, very good? Yeah, uh, it's, it's Mark Wade making his comeback to Captain America comics. Which Stepping is, away from Riverdale for a little bit. Yeah, and you know, like Mark Wade is, in my opinion, one of the best writers of our time. Genius. If you've read a comic, you have a favorite hero, odds are Mark Wade had something to do with it. I was lucky enough to run into him at uh, WonderCon last oh, year. Oh, really? Very cool. I uh, couldn't be any nicer. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, truly there for the fans and also feels like a fan himself. Like oh, his, very cool. his panel was just an hour of him answering questions. Like uh, you could ask I multiple wish. questions. It was that. so nice. Anything cool? Anything dope? Any uh, side secrets? Um, nothing too wild. I mean, you know, he... He's got his favorite characters. They're their Cap and their Superman, basically. Oh, I'm so glad he's getting to do Cap then. Yeah. And this is his second or third time coming back to the book. And his first run, I mean, it was literally just Captain America on his motorcycle going town to town. He fights Baltrex the Leaper at one point. I mean, they're very simple, really kind of like contained issues. I think there's only five or six. Uh, and then there was like a time travel storyline that I wasn't as keen on. Um... But yeah, I mean, I would definitely check out the the Captain America right after Legacy, essentially. Mm. Yeah, so Mark Wade just wrapped up his run, and now we're going to see Tessa Nia Coates, who revitalized Black Panther oh, in 2015. Oh, I did not know this. That's a huge bomb to me, an incredible writer. Um, could not be more excited. You know, I think he's one of the voices in the industry right now that is really changing stuff. I mean, like, his Black Panther run brought the character back to the forefront of the universe and now he's in the avengers lineup and we got the movies so i'm very excited that book actually drops on the fourth of july Ooh, happy fourth normies be sure to pick up that book check it out and let us know what you think but that's been captain america in the comic books let's go to the movie world Hey, normies, welcome back. We're talking Captain America in the movies, specifically Steve Rogers, and he's had a couple, surprisingly. Yeah, Captain America was actually the first Marvel character to be featured in anything outside of a comic book. The first movie serial was in 1944. And of course, that's probably because of his incredibly patriotic roots, correct? Oh, yeah, but it is... uh bizarre to say the least yeah we watch these uh we'll tweet out some of these links if we can uh not if they're bad boy links but we got a couple of these from youtube uh and we recommend them normies it's a weird black and white serial uh again super patriotic super uh super goofy yeah i mean he's he's got a pistol and he's like hey you you, you better tell me where your boss is (laughs) yeah you're gonna get it he really tough talks um uh no shield correct no no shield at all um you know obviously no man in time aspect because he's you know in 1944 already (laughs) yeah so he's just running around punching nazis (laughs) yeah and like like oddly tough talking i mean i guess he is from new york but they give him like this weird like man see and then we end up seeing two films in the 1970s, uh, and these are kind of sillier as well, sort of stuntman-based. Uh, we'll tweet out the summaries or maybe some trailers for these. They're, they're pretty silly, but uh, 
I'll tell you one thing that I was kind of bothered by with that film and also the 1990s one that we watched that we'll talk about as well. You do not see a skinny Steve Rogers in either of these films. They're both basically super handsome blonde guys who just tell you that they undergo a government experiment to become Captain America. But what does that mean? They're not fixed. Who, who are some reason both of them are from California. Yeah, they're both yeah California they're basically surfer dudes. Yeah, And the 1970s one in particular, like it was coming hot off of the Incredible Hulk TV movie mm-hmm. where he teamed up with Thor. Yeah. And there was the Doctor Strange pilot and two seasons of a Spider-Man show. So they were trying like to make TV shows essentially more than movies. So the Captain America movie with Red Brown, um, who if you're a Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan, you'd recognize from Space Mutiny. Ooh. Uh, you know, iconic episode. They give him a bunch of dumb names throughout the episode. Oh, I believe it. He's a very handsome but goofy looking guy. Who, you know, like you said, just a regular dude. Gets um, the flag serum is what they call oh it. Oh, my God. I hate that. Yeah. And he's, you know, no military background. Like you said, he, he doesn't have polio or anything like that. No, no, he truly just seems to be a stuntman. And uh, we see him in the sequel as well go up against, you'll never believe this, Christopher Lee guys, a.k.a. Count Dooku from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, which is, you know, definitely like they got a legitimate actor to be in that. That makes it a movie to me. It's wild. Uh, Captain America, death too soon. Yeah, and you sort of pointed out to me, it sort of borrows from a Jack Kirby run called The Mad Bomb, which was about people going insane and killing each other. Cap and Falcon had to go up against that. Uh, what do you do when Cap has to fight civilians was the great question. Really cool run. Uh, and it uses something called the Age Bomb that uh, makes people rapidly age. <laughs> and they're they're very specific about how rapidly. Yeah. It's like every hour they rage, they Every hour, they age 38 days. And it's like, yeah, oh, boy. wait, what? <laughs> That's a little hard to track uh, and pretty goofy. But let's let's talk about the 1990s film, something we both watched, I believe, for the first time. You were, you were texting me while you were watching it. It was the, the first time the whole movie is on YouTube, which I don't know how they got away without anyone claiming that. No, and why. please don't take it down. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's all there. It is... The strangest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's up there, guys. I mean, yeah, you, know, you got to think Batman came out the year before that, right? Because it came oh out in 1990. Oh, my God, don't put in context for me. <laughs> and Batman came out in 1989. But it is just like, they had no idea that comic books like mattered, I guess. Or, you know, like no one had yeah, there done was no this respecting type of thing the material, sure. And, and again, you reference the Incredible Hulk TV series. It kind of plays out like that. I was shocked. I mean, it's a movie movie. The first scene in Italy, we're on a set. We see little foreign peasant boys running down the street. Beautiful sunset villa shot, golden hour. I mean, you're seeing title credits that say Ned Beatty's in it. I thought, oh my God, this is a movie. It's yeah, not something it's... like the dumb Roger Corman Fantastic Four throwaway garbage that they made. No, it's legit. I mean, it's wild. The changes to the mythos are so bizarre, though. Like, Red Skull is like a little Italian orphan boy. Chosen for his intellect to undergo the experiment. Did you like how he looked? That is my first question. I mean, it could have been worse, I guess. Practical effects, makeup. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. his face is just basically like, it looks like silly putty that was then spray painted with like a glossy red. We see a rat uh, undergoing the serum at first, 
and its face is changed to a little red skull and its entire body as well. And I thought, oh my God, this is going to look badass. I got so stoked. And when we finally saw it, I thought, oh my God, this is what the red skull looks like. I was so let down. And then for the rest of the movie, he gets plastic surgery to look like a half man, half the Jack Nicholson Joker. Yeah, he almost looks like a, like Jigsaw, the Punisher oh, villain. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it's very so true. Bizarre. I, like, and he I becomes like a mafioso. It. So yeah, that makes sense. Well, too. yeah, because he's like a little Italian boy. Yeah, I mean, he's like, yeah, uh, how yeah. do you say White House? <laughs> yeah, I want to learn the perfect English. I thought that was very menacing for a villain. I like that it was, scene it as was well. It was so bizarre. But, you know, you got to appreciate that it does. It starts in the 40s. I mean, you have Steve Rogers, even though he's from Redondo Beach. Uh, he's just a guy who's picked to be in Project Rebirth, which is the title of uh, what transforms him in the comics so that's cool yeah we're not seeing dr erskine though we're seeing an italian woman who has rebelled from uh, the red school project so very similar backstory but they gender bend it you know perfectly fine seem pretty cool yeah it works there's no peggy carter but it's like bernadette something yes. and they do have a sharon though yeah they her daughter which is like really weird so he he fights the red skull one time um, yeah oh and he, he gets grabs strapped his to hand. a missile. Tries to hold his hand. Tries to hold his hand. Red Skull cuts off his hand so he doesn't go up into space with him. I guess lands in Canada. <laughs> Can we talk about how he's yeah. he's frozen in ice in Canada? Oh, and at first I thought he was just going to land on top of the ice until he slipped and slided right into that pool. And I thought, okay, that makes a little more sense for the freezing. At first, uh, you know, it's just going to be snowfall on top of you, buddy. Just yeah. get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> just wake up. Uh, he sees the, the little boy who would go on to grow up to be the president. President Blue Jeans. Oh, my God. <laughs> who ends up being his best friend. Joe, what did you think about that character storyline? Why does the president have to be his sidekick? Oh, at one point, he's like... No way, I'm saying no to Captain America. And Captain America uh, goes, gee whiz. And then he has a little boy sidekick who grows up to be the editor of a newspaper as well, who is the Ned Beatty character. And they're both doing like weird track down catch ups for Captain America. Um, I really loved the final scene. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say the president was his best friend. We get voiceovers saying that the president thanked Captain America. We love you out there. <laughs> Whatever no that means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Yeah, that was so much fun. And like, you know, the invaders existed in yeah. that universe. There, yeah. There's a throwaway line where he's like, was it the submariner? Or yeah. Was it... Uh, the Human Torch. Oh, I loved it. It's like, oh, oh my I guess, God. I guess this is a shared universe. It was just a golden age serial come to life, and it was so goofy and so bad. He's he's got this move <laughs> that I absolutely love, and he pulls it twice in the same movie, where he's riding in a car with somebody, and says, uh, "Hey, could you pull over? I'm going to be car sick." <laughs> the person pulls over concerned because both times they they're like his buddy, you know. Like he yeah, does, he it, does to, it to the newspaper person at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he like. You know, go, gets out of the car and pulls over, acts like he's going to throw up for a minute. Ned Beatty comes walking up like, oh, are you, are you okay? Are you okay? And he just sprints back <laughs> towards car the car and, and takes the car. Hey, when he first got the serum uh, and he's he bursts out of the, you know, iron cuff links to show off his super strength and he runs at him using super speed, picks up the guy, throws him into the old timey like Sparks. You know, I never wanted to be an actor, but if I could be in a movie where I get thrown at something <laughs> in like old pyrotechnic yeah. shit out while I go, eh. Um, but do, do, could you believe that he got shot twice in the oh, chest, like right away. super bam, bam. grisly? I yeah. was like, oh no, he's going to die. Yeah. It was such a fun watch because yeah. I couldn't believe some of the stuff that was going yeah. on. Yeah. To, to be fair, though, the costume 
I mean, he looks uh, like he walked straight out of yeah, a comic book. Yes, it's that goofy Halloween material, though, um, yeah. that is certainly dated. But you're right. It's got a really good look for it. I mean, he looks like Turbo Man. Yeah. <laughs> from, oh, very from true. Jingle All The yeah. Way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uses his shield fully. Okay, so in those final <laughs> scenes, so Red Skull has a daughter, which he also has in the comic books, a daughter named Sin. Um, and, you know, we, we've always kind of wanted to see her adapted maybe in the MCU as well. There was maybe a hint at that with Dove Cameron's character in the recent run of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but uh, this character's in the comic books at the end firing uh, an Uzi in this movie at Captain America. He flings his shield. Did you think he was going to cut her head off? I thought I that did. looked insane. Yeah, I had no idea why, but I was like, oh, he's going to decapitate up to it. Oh, my, I thought he was uh, going to decapitate Red Skull, too. It just, he just seemed so crazy at the end. And. At the end, Red Skull's like, well, I'm going to blow us both up. And he's yeah, like, no, you're classic. not. And yep. just you know, throws a shield at him. And you see from like the widest wide that ever widened. Yeah. You know, little Red Skull just fall off the edge of a cliff. That movie was so bizarre. I loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, unfortunately, I wanted to say while watching it jokingly, oh, this is, you know, maybe I would even put this in my lineup. You know, like old, you could say old Spider-Man films versus Amazing Spider-Mans versus Homecoming. You know, does this stack up against the MCU? It doesn't, unfortunately, because Steve Rogers has had maybe the most solid trilogy in the MCU, but it is such a good and goofy, fun watch. I really recommend it, Normies. It is a ton of fun. I mean, if you're a fan of either cheesy B movies or Marvel movies, you're going to love this. Like you just said, Mystery Science Theater and Indiana Jones. Yeah, it is. It is wild. And like, it's worth it just for the carjacking scenes alone because they are so bizarre. So that's pretty much the only film that we'll talk about that most in depth. But talking about the MCU films, uh, stack them up. Will you give me a top or bottoms for your three on that, Joe? That's tough because like you said, I really do think that the Captain America trilogy might be the best superhero trilogy of all time. Now, you're not even stacking it up against the core Avengers guys like, say, Iron Man or Thor's trilogy, which are both complete in the MCU as well. You're saying even against somebody like Batman with the Dark Knight trilogy? Yeah, well, and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. I mean, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man... One and two are great. Two is a fucking masterpiece, but three really drops the ball. Uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman. Hot take. The Dark Knight Rises is the worst Batman movie of all time. Ouch. Uh, Yeah, we'll cover more of my feelings on that in a Batman episode. Um, But it drops the ball in the third. Iron Man 2 is pretty forgettable. (laughs) I like the third. You like the third. A lot of people don't like the third. Yeah, unfortunately not. Um, Thor 2, The Dark World, in my opinion, is like the only bad movie the MCU has produced so far. Yeah, in the Marvel canon, certainly ranked the lowest by the fans. Yeah, so I would have to say, I mean, I think the Captain America trilogy is probably one of the best. You see some people crapping on First Avenger, the first film now. Thoughts on that? I love the First Avenger. I mean, it is a a Joe Johnston movie, right? The Rocketeer. you know, it feels like Spielbergian, which makes Ooh, sense because he took over the Jurassic Park movies for Spielberg. Yeah, and as we referenced before, he was the art director for Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, like, I think there's a lot of stuff to enjoy there. I mean, it has a great action adventure feel to it, and it introduces the character 
in in such a solid way. I love that. They really handle him deftly. Uh, how about standalone cast out of the MCU too? I mean, the first Avenger really has it. Stanley Tucci as Dr. Erskine, incredible. You've got Toby Jones as Arnim Zola. Uh, you've got Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull. Uh, how about those first two guys in The Hunger Games, as I was talking about before? Uh-huh. Pretty goofy that they're both in that film as well. Just veteran, incredible character actors who elevate the material like incredibly. Oh, dog, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. How about that? Do you like <laughs> yeah. him in the film? I love him in the film. I mean, I really, I really like Captain America, the first Avenger. It's tough. I think it might be my bottom, but just kind of by default, you know, because Winter Soldier, in my opinion, is the best MCU movie. I mean, I love thematically what it does. I love that it borrows so heavily from that Ed Brubaker story, which, you know, is definitely something I would recommend fans check out. Oh, please. If you like the movie, you're going to like that comic. Uh, yeah, and that's an incredible, some great actors in that film as well. For a standalone run, you have Robert Redford as the villain, uh, who does an incredible performance. You see it opening up to the MCU a little more, which might be why it's so much more highly rated above First Avenger, especially Civil War. But obviously, you've got the crossover character being Black Widow. Yeah, Black Widow. Uh, it introduces Falcon. Um, I think it did one of the best jobs. You know, we had talked about in the Infinity War episode, which you should go back and listen to, um, the secret Avengers as a throwaway. Ooh. Like, you kind of get that. I mean, you have Falcon, Black Widow, Captain America, Maria Nick Hill, Fury. Nick Fury. All of them. Throw in Hawkeye. I'm telling you, throw in Hawkeye in that lineup. Give me a film with just those characters, please. They go up against Arnim Zola, who finally has his robotic body, or Modok, or somebody. Oh, come on, please, Marvel. I mean, let's talk about continuity and villains in the first three movies there. You have Armin Zola in World War II times, right? And then he's referenced, and you see him in robotic form, sort of. His brain gets uh, data mined for Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're a fan of the movies and not a fan of the comics, you might not know that he is a big Captain America villain. He has a robot body, similar to what you see in the movie, where he's, you know, transcended uh, time and flesh to become this, this everlasting robot. Yeah, and a goofy head in a chest. Another one of those weird MODOK characters, too. Look those up, Normies, if you don't know those characters. Very goofy yeah. comic book villains for Captain America. Very like Krang from yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. Yeah. He does have some, some goofy villains, um, but some really great ones. And, you know, like, you have Crossbones introduced in uh, Winter Soldier and then followed up on Civil War. Yeah, I guess that's my only gripe with his trilogy is that by the time we get to Civil War, you lose the villain of, yes, you get a great Crossbones character crossover, uh, but then it's really pretty much Tony Stark's the villain. I like it. I understand the emotional weights there. But uh, if it had just been more of a Captain America-centric villain, obviously Helmet Zemo, incredible, awesome performance by Daniel Brohl but not very comic accurate heavy for me as a fan of that. I really wanted to see them lean more towards he's Cap's villain. He's Cap's greatest rival. I mean, he's almost like his Two-Face or, you know, his uh, his Penguin or something or his Joker even who he would just go up against and, uh, and time after time and even his father, you know, talk about a legacy character there, Helmet Zemo, but uh, you don't get any of that in the MCU. That's true. Colin, why don't you hit that a little harder in terms of like, if you're a fan of the movies and not the comics, you don't really know anything about Baron Zemo. Ooh, okay. So Baron Zemo in the film in Civil War is listed as a Sokovian Special Forces officer. 
And that's interesting because Sokovia, obviously, the tie-in to characters like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and we see that crossed over from Age of Ultron, really, again, developing up that world there. But uh, in the comic books, Helmet Zemo, his father uh, of actually Baron Zemo, was originally a villain he fought in World War II who, very funnily, created a uh, a, a chemical called Adhesive X, which was super dangerous. He was going to use it to aid the Nazis. Captain America intervenes, stops him, throws his shield. It blasts Agent X onto Helmet Zemo's face and sticks his uh, mask permanently to his face, giving him a very goofy, baggy, purple-crowned goofy face to fight Captain America with. Which he always wears. Which he always wears. And then you see that crossover with his son, who again eventually becomes one of his greatest rivals, Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil. I mean, that was the Avengers' primary villains when we were reading comic books as kids. Yeah, and you know, he's a master swordsman. Uh, He's a master mind in terms of like evil planning He's oh and a tactician exactly and look at that imagery a sword going up against the shield the perfect rivalry for captain america you know embraces hydra and the nazis beliefs and what do we get you know we get daniel Brohl again a very interesting a very cerebral comic book performance he's a character who never throws a punch against the superheroes and yet seems to win at the end right he does get his goal kind of again like thanos but uh is just not is just not accurate in a way that i would have liked yeah, no, I agree with you. I definitely think one of the saddest things about the MCU is we'll never get a Captain America 3. They yeah. did Civil War instead. Yeah, a very traditional follow-up to his run that focuses on Captain America villains. They could have been almost a Secret Avengers film. Yeah, because I have no problem with having those characters that are featured in Winter Soldier. It makes sense to me to see Cap leading a team in his solo movie. Yeah. But when you're it, when you're doing Civil War, it just feels so much more like it should have been the third Avengers movie. Right. When you're getting Cap leading the Avengers against the Avengers, Cap gets a little lost. But they do a great job carrying his story over. Again, we lose Peggy in that film. That's a perfect through line for his film. Uh, you know, incredible emotional weight. I loved it. I, I love the Captain America trilogy. And we hope you do too, Normies. Reach out to us. Let us know what your favorite films are again in the MCU and how you would rank the Captain America trilogy. Colin, how do you think the Civil War movie matches up to the comic book? Oh, I definitely would say it improves it. Not in scale. Obviously, I love the comic book for showing us incredible things like Goliath, a character we're about to see in Ant-Man and the Wasp, go up against robotic Thor. And again, comic readers... You know what I'm talking about, normies, check it out. It's a crazy run. Uh, And it's a lot more small scale with like airport battles. I know it doesn't look as big, but it simplifies it and it grounds it in such a more important way. Uh, You know, the stakes in Mark Miller's Civil War, the comic book, are kind of crazier. You know, Nitro, a young Avenger villain, blew up part of the world or, you know, part of a city. And yeah, he uh, destroys a, a school in yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, a school in like New Jersey, a kills a bunch of superheroes, drives a bunch of people insane. Uh, Tony really becomes more of like a government leech. It, it just makes everybody very unlikable. Yeah, see, I kind of like that about it, though. Oh, really? Tell yeah. me, what do you think about it? It just... It, it really shows the principle of the matter more than the movie. The movie boils down uh, to being a lot about Cap and Bucky's relationship, Stephen, you know, James's relationship, which is at the core what all those movies are about, right? Mm, I mean, yeah. you see him trying to get to the war with Bucky in First Avenger, trying to save Bucky from himself in Winter Soldier, and trying to save Bucky from a cover-up in Civil War. Um, 
the comic book just gets to the core of the character, I think, a little better. I mean, oh, it is really fighting for the principal as opposed to, like, for himself. Uh, and there's a great moment that you get in the comic that you don't get in the movie where he's going to win. I mean, he's beating the shit out of Iron Man, and his side is winning, and he turns up and he looks around, and they've destroyed half of New York. Oh. And he drops his shield, and he starts crying, and he says, you know, hands up, we're surrendering. And, you know, I think it's Luke Cage says, why? Like, we're winning, Cap. We're, we're, we're about to win. And he says, we're winning everything except the argument. Like, this is it. You know, we've become what we said we weren't. Yeah. And obviously the biggest change from that comic book run is that it does end with uh, him giving a big speech and being assassinated by Crossbones. I know when that movie was coming out, Civil War, that you and I were both pretty much predicting that it might end the same way for Captain America's fate. But no, turns out it didn't. Yeah, I, I was convinced that we would see Bucky take up the mantle just like he did in the comics right after Civil War. Yeah, um, Captain America Reborn. Which is another great run I would highly recommend. People check that one out. It's uh, Bucky's first go as Cap and, you know, what it's like to fill those boots. It's not easy. Yeah, in a dope metallic suit. Now, how about this question? What's your favorite Captain America outfit in the movies? Because you know my opinion, and it's kind of controversial, but I'd like to hear yours first. <laughs> it is. Uh, mine is the World War II Captain America before he gets the actual suit, and he's just got, like, the leather bomber and the Oh, my the God. You're talking helmet. goggles on the helmet. Yeah, that takes uh, inspiration directly from the Ultimate Universe's World War II version of Captain America, which is one of my favorite looks. I mean, it's like he's Indiana Jones, but a superhero. Hey, how about in the 1990s version, we see a very similar framing of that ultimate when we see the push-in of him on the bomber plane first mission wearing those goggles on his helmet. Yeah, again with that uh, bomber jacket covering up the, the suit underneath. I thought that was very cool. Um, well, I'll tell you, Normies, my favorite Captain America outfit in the movies, you might think it's the stealth suit featured in Winter Soldier, obviously I a very popular pick. I know you like that as well. That's the very taken directly from colors. the comics. Yeah, that's more of a Agent Rogers look when he takes over running S.H.I.E.L.D., actually. Yeah, because Bucky is Cap at that point, and he doesn't want to be Captain America anymore. He just wants to be Steve Rogers. Yeah, Steve Rogers is kind of a drama queen when it comes to being Captain America and taking up that mantle. <laughs> Says the guy who asked what the favorite outfit is. <laughs> but my favorite outfit in the films is actually the first Avengers. Uh, and I know it's kind of goofy looking. We even get Coulson in the film saying it's retro. I mean, it's, it's patriotic on purpose. People could use a little old fashioned. People could use a little old fashioned and I love it. I just thought it captured it perfectly. I mean, you want to talk old ultimate captain america that is ultimate captain america when he came back to the modern times and had a kick-ass badass battle armor yeah i mean i think you um you're definitely alone in that yeah unfortunately a lot of people did not like kind of the the bubble look of the the mask it's the helmet you think the cowl the way it comes down it's very tight we obviously see chris evans lose it halfway through the battle of new york i think that's probably for the best and obviously for the actor as well just for performance wise but that doesn't help fans i mean that's when it really hit it for me yeah i mean i think I think the helmet is really what would uh, turn people off. I hate that. I mean, I do think they per perfected the the general suit as they. Oh, were I love it! I love what it is now. A uh, little let down once again. We brought it up in Infinity War with what his combo ended up being. I liked the beard. I don't like the muted colors, and I didn't like the shield. I just want 
cap back. <laughs> yeah, I'm pleased. I'm I'm over the nomad look. I'm glad we did it for a second. Um, come on, shave and get back to work, man. You got to save the universe. Yes, and pick up Stark's shield. It's yours. It's not his. Yeah. Well, I think we'll need that moment for them to kind of forgive each other uh, for the events of Civil War. I mean. You know, moving forward, we've talked about the first three Captain America movies, a little bit about him in the Avengers movies. The next time we're going to see him is in Avengers 4 next year. And I hope it's a little more focused on him. Obviously, our compadre Mike talked about how he really missed him in Infinity War and how it was more of a Tony Stark movie. So hopefully Avengers 4, more of a Chris Evans, more of a Steve Rogers movie. Which I think it definitely will be. Yeah. I would like some explanations, though. Let's talk about this. In Avengers 4, I want to see... What is this guy? I mean, what is this guy? Think about the things we have seen him do in this universe so far. In the last film, we saw him hold back the gauntlet of Thanos, something other super strong characters weren't even able to do. This is because of a super serum he took? I mean, we saw him almost lift up Mjolnir, something no character has done except Hela. Yeah, I think that is definitely something to note. In in Age of Ultron, we see the little tease there. I think by Avengers 4, we will see... Captain America yield Mjolnir, which he's done oh, in the comics. you said before, yeah, that you really want that. Yeah. Something, something. I mean, I'm telling you, the only creature like him in the universe is the Red Skull, who had an interaction with an Infinity Stone and has become something totally different, something so crazy in the Marvel Universe as the Stonekeeper. What does it mean for Steve? What is he? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, talking about Red Skull. Like, he survived something that most people could not. Right. I mean, he's been transported to another world. He's still kicking in Think some way. Think about the durability that means for Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yeah, and we've seen him, you know, pull helicopters. We've seen him fall into the platonic from above. Uh, I mean, he really is as strong as he needs to be. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say that's plot armor. I think it's a little beyond that. It's no, more, I think so. I think it's heart armor. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's really, you know, the super soldier serum affecting him and his spirit. And like, there's a reason they went through what they went through to find the right guy. And the right guy was this little boy with polio from, from Brooklyn. Yeah. Whose heart is his weapon. You're right. I love when you phrased it that way. Um, I'm very curious to see where he's going to develop and where he's going to go in the fourth film being the leader of the Avengers left. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a long wait until Avengers four. But in the meantime, there are uh, a ton of old cartoons you could take a look at. You want to hit some of those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, you sent me a link to a very interesting one. It's a 1990 promo for a failed cartoon that was going to be his own standalone, almost-esque to the uh, Iron Man cartoon of the 90s as well. Yeah, it looks a lot like um, the Iron Man, the the Spider-Man, the X-Men. I mean, it would have been right around that time. Oh, give me a Fox Kids. Come on. Little Colin would have loved that. Yeah. If I could get that instead of the Iron Man, I would have been so excited. And of course, we see him as the lead character basically for uh, the Avengers Earth Midas Hero cartoon as well, especially in season two. We see him basically going up against the scrolls by himself in a really interesting Secret Invasion parallel run. Yeah, I think that that cartoon, Avengers Earth's Mightiest uh, Defenders, or Mighty, Mightiest Heroes? I believe that? it's Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, that, that I thought was really underrated. Um, it just didn't have the viewership. It ended up getting rebranded as Avengers Assemble, which follows the movies a lot more closely. And Captain America's a lead in that. You see the Winter Soldier line. Um, but uh, 
Oh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes was almost a direct comic run, though, so I love the parallels there. If we could have gotten another season of that, I would have been so happy. Oh, please. Captain Marvel was a huge character. We saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, huge characters as well. I mean, anyone who's fans of these films. Yeah, you even see a new Avengers episode with characters like Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And and Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Wolverine. Speaking of Wolverine, that episode from the X-Men animated series, the 90s one, how great was that? How great was that? Captain America, it's a standalone episode where Wolverine and Magneto are talking about the Weapon X, the Weapon Plus program, all kind of tying together to the Super Soldier program. Let's face it, when Captain America appears in cartoons, just like when he did in the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon as well, with characters like The Wizard, which we saw on Jessica Jones, uh, he was always the best. I mean, it was always the best episodes. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, now that the Fox deal is officially moving forward. Okay, so let's talk about this, Joe. This is the real future of Captain America, guys. Steve Rogers, Chris Evans, end of his contract coming up at the end here with Avengers 4. But today... It was announced at the record of this episode that Fox has accepted the bid from Disney. Now, there's a long process ahead, court cases, it has to be approved. But, guys, this potentially means we're seeing the Fox characters cross over to the MCU. I mean, we we could, in theory, see a movie set in World War II with Captain America and Wolverine. Oh my God, I love that. So pitch me, Joe, is that what you want? Who do you want to see Captain America crossover with first? We're talking the Fantastic Four and we're talking the X-Men. Um, I mean, my first, my first pitch has got to be just go back in time uh, with whatever's going to happen in A4. We don't really know where the universe is. You always know it's okay to save to go backwards. I mean, yes, look at Star Wars. Very Prequels true. never did nothing wrong. Captain Marvel, we're seeing that coming up again, set in the 1990s. Yeah, so they're they're... I mean, they're pushing them back for a reason, I think, right? Because you you can't really spoil what's going to go forward. There's a due date ahead, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I would love to see a World War II adventure, which, I mean, that that door is wide open. The first Avenger has essentially a montage section showing him just running around during World War II. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the video game section, but I would love to see Wolverine and Captain America in World War II maybe liberating a, a young Magneto. Sure, exactly like that episode. And you're talking something where like American forces and Canadian special forces are coming together across the line, saving Private Ryan-esque. Yeah, and you have, you know, Wolverine, who's constantly unimpressed, meeting Captain America, (laughs) who is the most impressive. Yeah, the good old boy, the Patriot. And, you know, way down the line, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a AVX event. Yes, of course, and maybe he'd be leading the side of the Avengers versus whoever would be leading the side of the X-Men. We'd see some facing off there. Yeah, because that was a huge event in the comics a couple years back. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, just like Civil War, we saw that used for the movies. Well, I'll tell you, I really appreciated a run of Deadpool recently in the Marvel Now comic books where we saw uh, him teaming up with the aged Captain America that we mentioned before after he had lost his abilities to the super soldier serum and Wolverine called the good, the bad and the ugly, uh, where they try to track down their DNA being used by an unnamed Asian country ruled by a dictatorship. I think you can probably assume which one that was making <laughs> mutant clones of of people who they had stolen the samples of. Uh, and you saw this team teaming up to make sure that that never happened again. I would love to see Deadpool crossover with Captain America. Oh my God, the Boy Scout versus the Merc with the Mouth. Yeah, I mean, those two would be ripe for comedy. And also I think like the timing of the actors in place 
would work so well. Oh, you don't think Ryan Reynolds and Chris Evans would love to play off each other? Yeah. But we might see some recasting by that point. Uh, I hope not. Again, I know you're such a fan of maybe Sebastian Stan taking over the role for whatever we would see going forward if we did see a Captain America film set in the future. Uh, today, folks, we can also announce the title of Spider-Man's sequel. The Spider-Man Homecoming sequel was announced today. Joe, do you want to hit it? Uh, Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home. Not feeling great about it. Your thoughts? Uh, how official do we think this is? I think it's pretty official. We saw yeah. Tom Holland release it himself. Yeah, Tom Holland said, oh, I got the script today and held up uh, an iPad and that was the cover page. It was the Spider-Man logo and it said uh, Far From Home. It could be a working title that they gave him. It could be something to throw us off. Uh, I hope um, not. I know they joke around a lot about him leaking things, but I don't think so this time. I think it is on purpose. Yeah, it fits in with what we know about the movie so far, which is it's going to take him overseas. A lot of it's going to be shot in London as opposed to Atlanta, and that's intentional because you're going to see him in the backdrop of uh, Europe. But how about a Captain America film? I know, again, you love Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier with him as Captain America versus Tom Holland. We saw him in Civil War. Whoa, is that a metal arm? So cool. Wouldn't you love to see those two characters team up in a film? Oh, I want to see I want to see it all, Colin. I mean, oh. like, let's be real. One of the things that I want the most that we have not gotten yet is a really good continuation of the Spider-Man Cap relationship. I mean, right. they were briefly from the introduced. comic books, yeah. Oh, no, you're saying from the MCU. Yeah, they were briefly introduced in the MCU. Um, you know, like on the airport together, they fight for a second. There's the whole uh, Brooklyn, Queens moment. I just want more of that, man. Like, I really hope in Avengers 4 we get to see those two characters interact. They're two of my favorite characters. Uh, there's also a great episode, sorry, not episode, issue of Spidey, which was that book that kind of takes his first year where he has Captain America visit and they just kind of talk about the perks of being a superhero. And, you know, Captain America basically puts it in perspective for a downtrodden Spider-Man who's sick of things not going his way and being like, look, we're the luckiest there are because we get to help other people. Yeah. I would love to just see that given to Tom Holland, who's kind of like at the end of his rope a little bit. Yeah, we've seen him have the mentorship of Robert Downey Jr. God, I would love to see it go the other way too. And we saw him, of course, in the post credit scene for Homecoming. So there is that opening there. Put him in one of these movies, please. It's all I want. And, you know, like you said, I am a big fan of Sebastian Stan taking up the, the mantle. I would really like to see that. I just hope before it does... We get some some last minute stuff that I want to see with Steve, because I think once you see once. Because I think once Chris Evans goes, we won't see Steve for a little bit. Oh, interesting. OK, normies. How about this tweet at our Twitter account? Uh, I want to know what fans out there think. Give us a hashtag Falcon Cap versus a hashtag Bucky Cap. Let's see which one wins. Yeah, the Battle of the Shield. Ooh, I love that. And that's pretty much been Captain America on film, guys. Let us know what you love. Again, we'll tweet out the link to the 90s film. Hit us up if you like that as well. Yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into these video games. Captain Rogers, you were meant to be the first super soldier. You're stronger, faster, and better equipped for combat than any human alive. And we've given you this gift for one reason. You will crush Red Skull and his army by any means necessary. Hey, normies, we're back. We're about to talk Captain America in the video games. 
Captain America video games, we covered a decent amount of the Marvel stuff uh, in the Infinity War episode, so we're not going to touch on any of those games. Instead, let's look at some other Captain America-specific ones that weren't covered in that. Yeah, nothing that really deals with the Avengers, but how about something like the Super Nintendo 1990 video game called Captain America and the Avengers? Yeah, and that was one that you really got to hit that shield play. I mean, it yeah, was it was super moving good. through. Uh, and it was, you know, a 16-bit side-scroller. You played as White Vision, Hawkeye, Iron Man, Captain America, and you went up against the Masters of Evil that we mentioned before. I mean, pretty much every villain that the Avengers would face or Captain America would face. Uh, that was my introduction to a lot of them. That's the first time I saw Whirlwind, a mutant villain who's a badass in a green suit with razor blades on his wrists. Uh, who a lot of people think might end up being in a Ant-Man or Wasp movie, maybe as a villain. Yeah, he is a huge, uh, I think one of the first villains that Ant-Man and Wasp take on as a yeah, team. Yeah, team up and face off against. And that was a lot like the X-Men animated uh, series, or not the animated series, the, the X-Men the arcade game. game. Yeah, for the arcade. Yeah, it was basically a side-scrolling shooter, beat him up, blow, blow him away. Uh, tweeted us fans if you ever beat this game. Joe and I have booted up in my pie here a couple times. It's pretty much impossible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it takes a lot of lives, a lot of quarters, and a lot of patience. Um, and beyond that, I mean, it's very encompassing. You come across almost every character in the Marvel Universe. You see people like the Wasp, the Submariner, like we mentioned before, a lot of his Invader crossover friends. Uh, but, I mean, it is just so fucking difficult in only the way that old-timey Super Nintendo video games were. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think it's one of those things where if you were playing it with quarters or limited saves, there's no way. No, there's absolutely no way you could have ever possibly done it. With the Raspberry Pi, it's a lot easier because you have that kind of, like, instant press yeah, start to come states, back in yeah, yeah. but uh, even that you know you got a lot of, of a lot of patience we've sat down to do it it's run past two hours and we've simply ended hangout time saying we just don't have any more time to do it yeah. you know i mean it, so again if you've got the time <laughs> till next week yeah till next adventure gang um there's a game we didn't bring up when we were talking in the infinity war episode that you and i both really got into for a while the Ooh. marvel heroes uh, MMO online. Now you're talking about the game by Bazillion, uh, a very interesting company. They went bankrupt. Unfortunately, you cannot play this game anymore, but it was a top-down ARPG, an action role-playing game that lets you take on individually the role of pretty much any Marvel character you wanted to be. Uh, and Joe, I know you 60. started as Captain America. Yeah, I would main Captain America. I even prestiged the character. I took him to I think 60 was the top yep. you could get to. I did that Flipped twice. Flipped him around, brought him back. Yeah. It had dope hot movements uh, where you would hold down the space bar and bring out Cap's motorcycle and cruise around. I mean, how yeah, badass is that? The motorcycle was great, and that was eventually retconned uh, after Winter Soldier came out to super speed, essentially, and it was called On Your Left. Oh, come on. That's hilarious. Yeah. A quote from Winter Soldier that he uses on Falcon. So fun. I mean, that game... You know, a lot like Ultimate Alliance, like you said, there would be these these random missions where it would be like, oh, you could just go for it. You know, go ahead and take out Red Skull battling through a Hydra castle. Well, yeah, face off villains. But when you're talking movie tie-ins, this was the ultimate movie tie-in for Marvel video game platform. And that kind of ended up being their burden. They did not have enough money to continue for the server space and especially holding up with the demands that a huge license like Marvel has. But uh I mean, yeah, we love that video game. We love so that video game. 
Never dumped any money into it, so I do feel bad about the people who might have uh, pumped a little cash behind exclusive costumes, uh, pets, you know, everything. But uh, team up characters, team where up you characters as well. With you. And of course, as Captain America, you had to be rolling with Sharon Carter, Falcon, Bucky. I mean, you could have had any of them. Oh, they were all there, and in a couple different costumes. I mean, you could have OG Falcon with the red wings, or you could have Falcon from the movies. But I remember uh, us playing up to about Ragnarok, where they were even including some surfer crossovers as well yeah. with Hela as well. So again, you got to give up to the movie tie-ins that that game pulled off. Yeah, I mean it's really a shame. Like, I wish I could recommend this game to fans and they could go play it right now. It was free to play. Watch some YouTube it videos. Was on console yeah. eventually. I oh mean, yes, that's true. So they good. did eventually cross it over and make it uh, a revamped version uh, released on Xbox and PlayStation as well. Yeah. And there were great voice actors, a ton of different costumes, incredible cinematics. Yeah, I mean, it was everything you wanted out of a, a Marvel game, in my opinion. Hit YouTube, look those down, guys. Uh, you'll find the cinematics. I mean, it plays out like a great Marvel movie. Yeah, it is a ton of fun. I mean, you got Doctor Doom and the Cosmic Cube everything you'd want moving forward though well i guess sort of backwards but captain specific there was a movie tie-in uh for the first avenger called captain america super soldier oh you don't have to tell me again i'm a guy who loves nintendo a guy who had it for the wii and that was something that played up the motion controls like crazy you could whip the controller around throw the shield in a 360 arc around you it was super cool it played very heavily. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember the the trailers or the commercials specifically for the game, Joe. It really played up the scene where Cap faced off against the Hydra soldiers in the first Avenger with the flamethrowers yeah, for some where he's reason. Like in uh, the center and they yeah, all kind exactly. of surround him. Yeah, exactly. I think it was the because shield. the 360 shield arc. Exactly. Yeah. They love that motion control aspect. Uh, and it was, a, it was a cool game. Uh, it was not as good, in my opinion, as the Iron Man game because that was sort of more sandboxy you had 360 flight control cap obviously limited to the ground yeah and it was way more of a, a straightforward you know it wasn't open world no it just an action side scroller yeah. um what i do love about it though and, and you have to give it up it did have an average of about a six out of ten score which is for a movie tie-in pretty yeah. fucking good yeah pretty good um also the voice cast can we talk about how it's Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan? Oh, and wow, really? Haley Atwell? Yeah, they all came back to do this uh, video game that essentially takes place in that montage that we were talking about. Mm. Um, like, basically, right smack dab in the middle of First Avenger. Ah, and again, unfortunately, folks, you're never going to see a Winter Soldier. The MCU continuations of these video games really stopped at a point we had Iron Man, Captain America, the First Avenger. Iron Man 2 and the first Thor game as well, but that's about it, unfortunately. Yeah, they didn't keep it up, which is a shame because this game, I mean, you saw Baron von Strucker, Ooh. who is a, a Hydra villain who was featured briefly in uh, Age of Ultron. Oh, that's right. He's the guy who invents the twins. Yeah, and in the comics, he's famous for having his uh, Satan's Claw. Oh, don't say that. Which is kind of like uh, an infinity gauntlet made by man, right? It's like a super-powered arm, essentially. Yeah, basically. Uh, metal arms, man. Comic books oh, love metal yeah, arms. Oh, yeah, not my favorite. Um, so you kick his ass, you kick Iron Cross's ass, which is Ooh. like you know a giant Iron Man-esque villain uh, for the Nazis. 
Very cool. So it follows the movie continuity, but like the Iron Man games or like Rise of the Silver Surfer, the Fantastic Four video games, which had adaptations as well on PlayStation and things like that. You're seeing it follow the movies, but then they inject a little bit of comic uh, extravagance to it. Madam Hydra. Ooh. I mean, there's a ton of great villains that get uh, their moment. You're never going to see them again. So. Yeah, and unfortunately, again, see, these are some characters that I would have loved to see have some more depth in the film against Captain America, opposed to being used in the larger world. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if we could see them come back into play. Like I said, yeah. you could always go backwards, but it's kind of you know cheap to see Baron von Strucker taken out in... Uh, Age of Ultron so quickly when it's like oh that that's a real villain you know he's not a joke like he's a a serious Nazi scientist who's like you know oh sure and you keep saying backwards this is an argument a lot of DC fans are kind of against at the moment with Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84 a lot of people say they want to see Wonder Woman in the modern world post BVS post Justice League how she's adapted how she's grown I guess why are we stepping back because the other movies failed and uh, you know the first one did well i don't yeah. know i like the idea of wonder woman 84 to be honest oh really yeah no i, th- I think it's a cool take i mean x-men apocalypse takes place in the 80s right i think that's the only other 80s piece uh superhero movie we have yeah kind of all that i can think of uh obviously it's a very popular genre at the moment we see films like atomic blonde but also we saw a lot of complaints kind of directed at the first wonder woman that it was maybe a mixture of the mcu thor and the first avenger film oh absolutely so will this be something kind of akin to her winter soldier i don't know i think that complaint is kind of silly because you're going to see a lot of crossover in similarities in these heroes because, you know, a lot of them are pretty similar. Sure, like, absolutely. Yeah, she's a demigod from a different mystical place. Obviously, that's very Thor-esque. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, chicken in the egg, right? Yeah, what It doesn't can really you do? matter which came first. But back to the video games for Cap. Now, obviously, he's in every uh, current video game. You see a lot of things like Conquest of Champions or Tournament of Champions, any All of these, these mobile, mobile games, games, exactly, heavily featuring Captain America and his role in them. Uh, and you even see uh, new inclusions. You see his Infinity War outfit being brought into Tournament of Champions. Yeah, they do a lot of that kind of stuff. I'll tell you... We've basically covered everything about the existing video games, right? Anything you want to add that exists before we talk some hypothetical here? That you play with Captain America, uh, you know, uh, you wouldn't think he'd be such an interesting character to play as. I've always gotten a big kick out of him. Again, I've been playing a lot of Lego Marvel superheroes too. That's right. He's featured Joe, now. here's a really funny tidbit you might like. The game kind of encompasses a lot of different time periods in different characters' lives, multiverses, stuff like that. One of the Captain Americas you can play as is from a very famous comic book run we didn't even talk about, a what-if Captain America the werewolf. Uh, you uh, know, I mean, come on. Werecap? Yeah, exactly. I love Werecap. I know you love Werecap. And it's just so funny to be able to play him in a video game. So get out there, fans, normies. Let us know what video games you like picking up and playing as your favorite Steve Rogers Captain America. Yeah. I'll tell you, here's here's my fantasy pitch. Oh, please. Um, I would love to see a game like Assassin's Creed, mm. where you kind of have this like like back-in-time element, right? So I would want to do uh, a Zemo-esque villain. So you have Zemo in the past, his, his dad or grandfather, however you want to time it up, and Zemo in current day, and go cut back and forth between World War II Cap 
and modern day cat. Whoa, I'm loving this. I love it so much. Third person action adventure type game. Yeah, that's a Nathan Drake is what I'm seeing. I mean, exactly. come on, he's running around temples. You know, it's it's Captain America. Oh my God, a hover tank burst through that wall. How's he going to get out of this? And one thing that the, the movie tie-in game, the super soldier game hit was kind of like the acrobatics aspect of Cap, which you do see in the movies, but I think people kind of forget like, this guy is agile. Yeah, he's Nightwing-esque, you yeah, know, I mean, flying he, through the sky. Yeah, he jumps out of planes constantly without a parachute. <laughs> so I would love to see something like that, where you get World War II times, but also modern day times. Use kind of sort of a, a back-in-time story device where you could have kind of like flashbacks and stuff. I think that's a great idea. Let me tell you what I've been mulling over. Uh, since we talked to Mike last time and on our last Infinity War episode again, Normies, check it out if you haven't. We mentioned E3 coming up. E3 now has come and gone. There was no further announcement of the Square Enix Avengers game, unfortunately. <sighs> uh, we wish we'd gotten a little more info about that. Obviously, we got a lot about the Sony Spider-Man game, but nothing on that. Since then, I've just had it mulling over in my brain. What do I want it to be? What do I want it to be? Square Enix meets the Avengers. I'll tell you, man, I've been playing a lot of Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch, an upcoming video game from Square Enix that plays akin to that Final Fantasy tactics, old school world of a top-down uh, tactical RPG. If I could get that with my favorite Marvel characters just sleeved <laughs> in, if I could, you know, lead Captain America into battle, turn-based combat, you know, switch back over to using Iron Man special skills, flying around, God, I would just be so fucking happy, man. It's almost like XCOM or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. That'd yes, be cool. exactly. I would really love that. Yeah, that's a great example. Even maybe throw in some of that real-time gameplay that XCOM brings over. Yeah. No, I could see that. I mean... It's tough for me. Like, I'm super excited about the Spider-Man game, ah. but uh, the Square Enix, I have no idea what they're going to do. It's just unfathomable yeah. to me, unfortunately. It's such a bizarre company that bites off so much more than they could chew. A company that announced uh, Square, uh, a company that announced uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake five years ago at this point, still coming out, still working away at that thing. I mean, I just think they're too small of a company that's just taken, taken way too big of bites. Yeah. And, you know, like, even once we see a cinematic, that's not going to tell us what the gameplay is going to no, be. No, unfortunately We're really not, not going to have any idea, uh, probably until next E3, unfortunately. No, but you got to figure just from popularity where you're going to see your main characters, the Avengers, the ones we know, the big three, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, and probably Thanos, right? Going up against him in some probably. kind of way. I would say Captain Marvel's definitely going to get thrown in there. Yes, for sure. Well, I think that's about it for video games, right? Anything that's else you want to add before no, we wrap No, that's this been up? it. Plan Steve Rogers. Let's wrap it up today for Captain America. Who will campaign door to door for America? Carry the flag shore to shore for America. From home open to Spokane. Well, just like Captain America, we could do this all day, but it is the 4th of July, and we're sure there's a barbecue calling out to you. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Colin, final thoughts on Captain America. Any recommendations for the fans? God, you know, Joe, I just love Captain America. Um, you know, I, he just, he, he's got such an interesting story. He never feels like a character that was unthought to me. He always feels relevant. He always feels current. He's, he's the everyman hero. Not just for the Marvel Universe. I would say for anybody who loves superheroes, this is the guy you would turn to. 
read the current runs, read the old runs. Uh, you know, you're, you're just going to love him. Keep watching the movies. Watch this goofy 1990s movie. And, and thank you for listening, Normies. Happy 4th. Yeah, and final thoughts here. Definitely check out the 1990s Captain America. It's something that if you like the MCU movies, you probably haven't seen this yet, and it's definitely worth your time. Captain America, like Colin said, is the everyman, which is interesting because he's the man out of time. Uh, two comic book recommendations that kind of cut to the emotional core of the character, and if you like those, go check out some more adventure books. Um, Captain America White, which Ooh. is Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb, uh, a team that we've seen a bunch in some of my favorite books, Spider-Man Blue. Oh, I love that book, um, Joe. Batman, Long Halloween. They're, they're an iconic team. They've made a bunch of great books. This, Daredevil Yellow. Daredevil Yellow. Yeah, another one I love. Uh, this just covers, it's Captain America talking to Bucky right after he gets taken out of the ice. So he's talking to his buddy who he's assuming is dead because he was lost in action, you know, 50 years ago. So it's really great just him lamenting about his days in the war and kind of dealing with losing his partner. Uh, so that's definitely one to check out. The other one, Mark Wade's Man Out of Time, uh, came out in the early 2000s. Again, it just deals with him waking up for the first time, dealing with being out of time. And how does it feel to have everyone you've loved and everything you've known is gone? And you kind of have to start over and what that means. If you like those, if you like emotionally what they're doing, you understand the character you're going to want to read some more action-adventure type uh, books. So like Mad Bomb, any one of the other runs, go out and find it. God, Steve Rogers such a tragic character. We hope you're not having any of that on your holiday normies. Uh, check us out, of course, on Apple Podcasts. Like and subscribe. Check us out on Google Music, Stitcher. Check us out on Twitter. Follow our Instagram as well, at Normies Like Us. Yeah, we've seen a ton of feedback. Uh, gaining followers really appreciate all of the support. If you could go ahead and leave us a review and subscribe, it goes a long way for our visibility. And you know, Normies, if there's any topics you want us to talk, reach out to us over email. Email, email us at, at normieslikeus at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you go see our Instagram page, you can email us directly from there too. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, this has been Colin. And Joe, you have a fantastic fourth. Catch it, Patriots. Hi, I'm Captain America, here to talk to you about one of the most valuable traits a soldier or student can have. Patience. Sometimes patience is the key to victory. Sometimes it leads to very little, and it seems like it's not worth it. And you wonder why you waited so long for something so disappointing. How many more of these? <laughs>